0: Your bank account is close to red You want to cry yourself to bed It could be worse, you could be dead Remember what I said, stay positive When the folks next door have a bigger home A nice sports car and a garden gnome Your minivan has zero chrome You're blessed with what's your own Stay positive Welcome to week three of Stay Positive. And the theme that we've been looking at over the last several weeks is this, that the conviction that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. Our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. And we've seen examples of that and how God has been at work for our good, even in the midst of these current circumstances and situations. And now we're going to make a little bit of a shift because we're going to be talking about how this, what God has been doing, is actually the kind of thing that he wants his people to be doing as well. And that reminds me that we are created in God's image and we're supposed to reflect that image to the world around us. And the whole story of our faith is how God is restoring and redeeming us so that we more accurately reflect. His image. So the fact that God is loving and that he's working in all these situations for our good is our cue for what we should be doing as well. We should be loving. We should be working in every situation for the good of those around us. And that reminded me of some restoration projects that I've seen that maybe you've seen as well. Bad Art restoration because sometimes the problem is we don't accurately reflect the image of our Heavenly Father. Maybe you've seen some of these. Here's an example of what it's supposed to look like and what it looked like after restoration. Not quite the same, but this is actually an improvement because evidently there was. An intermediate step that was far worse so you know it's getting better so I suppose that's a good thing uh, here it's not just the the uh, paintings but also sometimes other kinds of art as well here is a uh, nice artistic statue that has been restored to look like a toy from the bin at the dollar store. So that actually didn't seem to go so well. And perhaps most famously, I think this is where this whole meme kind of got started, was this picture of Jesus and the horrible restoration that happened there. Kind of sad, kind of tragic, kind of funny a little bit when it happens with art, but The same kind of thing can happen with us as well when we don't accurately reflect what our heavenly father is like. But what he's doing is he's restoring us. We've looked at this before. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He is creation. Crafting a masterpiece out of his people. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So what should be happening is over time, as he is crafting this masterpiece out of his people, he's renewing us, planning ahead the good things that we should be doing every day that more and more we will accurately reflect what our heavenly father is like to the world around us. And that's going to be the theme as we shift Stay Positive from what God does to what he wants to do in and through us. And today we're going to focus in on the idea of our words. Words are so important. Words are a big theme throughout the scriptures and God used his words to create and recreate and to restore and redeem and we as his people, if we're going to accurately reflect him, are going to be doing the same kind of thing. And so our focus passage Uh, has this key verse in it. It's Ephesians 5.29 that says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. If we are going to accurately reflect our Heavenly Father to the world around us, we are going to have a positive impact with our words. And all too often we use our words to injure and to damage and to tear down. But the question is, are we going to use our words to cause bleeding, to bleed others, or are we going to meet needs? So today's message is bleed or need. Let's look at this key passage. It's Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 to 32. Here's what it says. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful plat. Pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, Let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let's tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at your word, that you will do the work in our heart to redeem, rescue, restore and heal so that as we encounter others, as we speak to others, that our words will be life giving, edifying, encouraging and that we will accurately reflect your loving heart to the world around us. We pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that passage covers actually a lot of ground. And uh, we're going to unpack several aspects of that over the coming weeks and coming messages. But today we are going to focus in on this idea of our words. And the bottom line is that helpful talk comes from a healed heart. Helpful talk comes from a healed heart. So if we are going to be a positive influence on the world around us, then you can count on the fact that our words are going to need to be helpful. And those helpful words come from a healed heart. And that's how we will stay positive. So let's focus in on this key verse, Ephesians 5.29, that talks about our words, what our speech should be like. It says at the start, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. That idea there of unwholesome, that's just way too weak of a word for what this word actually indicates. The idea here is that it is rotten. It is spoiled. It's talked of food that has gone bad or vegetation that is rotting. This is something that is rotten or foul and disgusting. And it says that that sometimes is what comes out of our mouths. And so the idea is we're not going to do that. There's nothing unwholesome. There's nothing rotten, nothing bad that's going to come out of our mouths. And the idea is you just put a guard there and you just Don't let it pass through your lips, but instead only what is helpful and helpful is kind of the overarching idea for the kinds of words that are going to come from our mouths. They're going to have a positive, helpful impact. And then he goes into a little bit of detail and I'm going to give you from the details a couple of questions that you can ask yourself to say, okay, is this is, is, is what I'm about to say, is what I'm saying, is what I'm adding to the conversation, is that going to be helpful? The first question is, is it edifying? Is it edifying? Edifying. Is it going to build up instead of tearing down? And that's literally the words that are used for building others up. Everybody knows that our words can build somebody up or tear somebody down. So the question is, if it's going to be helpful, if it's going to be positive, if you're going to have a positive impact, then your words are going to build others up and not tear them down. And then it's ask: are they needed? Is it needful? Does it meet a need? Is what you're saying going to meet a need? Because the words that we choose, if they're going to be helpful, are going to be according to their needs. That's not our needs, what we feel like we need to say. It's looking at the situation, considering our hearers, and thinking about what do they need to hear from me in this situation? What is going to be helpful? What is going to be needful in their life? And then lastly, the question is, is it beneficial? beneficial. Is it going to do good? Is it going to accomplish good in our hearers? And that's the last qualification. It says that it, the things that we say, may benefit those who listen. That it's going to benefit those who listen. So is it edifying? Is it needful? Is it beneficial? Because helpful talk is the kind of talk that we want to have but helpful talk comes from a healed heart. You see, this part where I've just described the kind of talk that we are supposed to be using is just a portion of this message because really I haven't given you anything that's really earth shattering there. It's not something that you probably, if you hadn't thought about it, would have been able to figure out and it's just a good reminder. And most of the time, when our words are unhelpful and unwholesome, it's not because we don't know the difference. It's because we have decided to use different kinds of words. And the reason that we sometimes use unhelpful and unwholesome words is there's something wrong in our heart. So the core idea about staying positive and using our words to have a positive impact is not really about choosing our words or figuring out the words, because we kind of understand that. The bigger issue is dealing with our heart, which is the source of our words. If we are going to stay positive, We have to deal with our hearts because our words reveal our hearts. Our words reveal our hearts. This is taken directly from Jesus' teaching. He said that it's out of the abundance of our heart that the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The things that we say are reflective of what's in our heart because it's what's... what fills up our heart overflows in what we say so if we're going to accurately reflect Jesus as followers of Jesus we're going to have to become more like Jesus and this is the way Jesus was described in John the introduction to the gospel of John John chapter 1 verse 14 says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Notice this, that Jesus is described as the word of God. That's how important our words are. Then it goes on to describe, well what what did what did the word look like when the word became flesh? We have seen his glory, and glory you may remember is the idea of manifesting oneself. It's showing you uh, showing Someone for who they are when God reveals his glory. He is revealing himself as he is and we have seen his glory The glory of the one and only son who came from the father again all this talking about Jesus Well, what was the what the son like who? Came from the father and is the word of God. What was he like? He was full of grace and truth full of grace and truth, and I think about this whenever I uh, think about the idea of our words. That Jesus was a hundred percent grace. He was a hundred percent gracious, kind, compassionate. Uh, we talked about this verse last week to make it clear that, to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. This was the gracious, kind aspect and uh, of God's character. And Jesus was 100% like that. But he's full of grace and truth. He's also 100% truthful. And sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, you can be truthful, but sometimes the truth hurts. Or if you're going to be kind, then you have to shade the truth. What Jesus manifested and modeled for us was that you can be 100% full of grace and 100% full of truth. And that should be our aim as well. But the problem comes when, we have different ulterior motives for what we say than being helpful or beneficial to others. And I just wrote down a couple of thoughts that came to mind from my experience that how do we get off track? Well, sometimes we emphasize the truth to the detriment of love. And we use the truthfulness as we see it of what we say, as an excuse for being unkind, unhelpful in the moment. Because something can be true, but it not, might not be helpful in that moment. Something can be true, but it might not need to be said or need to be said in that way, in that particular moment. And sometimes we can use truthfulness as an excuse for being unloving should you be truthful absolutely you can't be loving without being truthful but we don't use truth as an excuse to be unloving the other thing that i i notice sometimes is when i prioritize my needs over the needs of others when when you just get angry or frustrated in the moment and you just feel the need to express that anger and express that frustration If you do so in a way that harms others, you're more concerned with what you consider to be your needs in the moment than what is needful in the moment for those who are around us. And then the other time is if we were to be honest with ourselves, sometimes we use our words to tear down instead of build up others to make ourselves feel better about a situation, about ourselves, about the comparison between us and others, we sometimes just want to tear down others. It's a axiom that hurting people hurt people and fearful people, when they are fearful, are going to lash out. And so sometimes we can be damaging and we can tear others down in order to make us feel better by comparison so these are just some of the examples of how we get off track. And you can see in all these things that the issue is, uh, is manifest in what is said, but the issue starts with our hearts. It starts is something that is wrong. So if we are not on other side, if we are not for them, working for them, it's not because uh, it, it started with our words It's because helpful talk comes from a healed heart. And if our hearts are broken, and if our hearts are misshapen, then the words are going to reflect that. So to make it more specific, those harmful words that we say reveal the need for a renewed heart. So when you find yourself tearing others down, lashing out in anger, that's your cue To not just say, I need to hold my tongue, but to say, I need to heal my heart. I need to take my heart to a place where I can get healing and forgiveness and restoration and renewal. And that's exactly what we are promised. You see, hundreds of years before Jesus, the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel wrote this saying the words that the Lord had given him. This is a promise from the Lord God. I will give you a new heart. See, that's the ultimate issue. We don't just need different words. We need a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. Your heart has become hard like stone, but I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to restore the tenderness and the effectiveness of your heart. I am going to give you a new heart. And this prophecy is fulfilled in the gospel because the gospel is the story of Jesus. And in the story of Jesus, God provides a way for us to have a new heart. What is the gospel? The gospel is the story of Jesus. It's who he is, what he did, and what it means for us. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the perfect, sinless son of God, 100% man, 100% God, came in the flesh, lived among us, lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died a death that he did not deserve. And what did he do? That's what he did. He lived that perfect life. He willingly went to the cross. And what does that mean for us? Because he was willing to die that death that he did not deserve, then we, as a result, can receive life forgiveness that we could never earn on our own. The gospel is the story of Jesus. And because of what God did through Jesus Christ sending his son, his dying on the cross for our sins, we can be made new. That in the same way that Jesus was raised to life after death, that God can take ourselves who are dead in our trespasses and sins and give us new life to remove from us that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And so, I will encourage you to do exactly that. Maybe you realize that your, your anger and your frustration and all of these and bitterness has been coming out in your words and you thought the problem was with your words or your tongue, but you're recognizing now that it's really ultimately a question of the heart and that you realize that you need a new heart and the promise of the gospel is exactly that. So I will encourage you if you've never done this before, not if you've never heard of Jesus, not if you've never been to church, Uh, many people have done all of that and more. But if there's never been a time where you have said yes to Jesus, where you say, yes, I want what you did on the cross to count for me, I need forgiveness. I need to be made new in Christ Jesus. I need you to guide and direct my life to replace that heart of stone and give me a soft, tender heart of flesh so that not just my words, but everything about me begins to change. Will you say yes to Jesus right now? And he has promised that whoever calls upon him will be saved, will be rescued, will be redeemed, and will receive that new heart. And I would encourage you to, uh, you can text yes to our church number. If you're following along on the church online platform, raise your hand, click that button that says raise hand, and that will just be your way of indicating, yes, I want Jesus, death on the cross to count for me. I want new life. I want a renewed heart. And then importantly, click that next button that says connect with us because we want to be able to celebrate with you and resource you for your new life in Jesus. If you're following along on some other platform, just type in yes in the comments and we'll see that and we'll be able to follow up with you in the same way. But this is the solution to a foul mouth. It's a renewed Restored, redeemed heart. And that's what's promised in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. This, the gospel means that anyone, anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And as a result, your talk is going to be redeemed and helpful talk will come from that healed heart. Say yes to Jesus. And let me say uh, something to those of you who are are already following Jesus, like me, you turned your heart over to the Lord a long time ago. It doesn't mean that we get this perfectly, but here's the right way to approach it. When you recognize that the things you're saying are not helpful and beneficial and edifying, to not just say, oh, I need to change the words I say, but to recognize that that's your cue to look inward and to examine your heart and not to try harder, but to surrender more, to bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, I realize because what I just said to my wife, what I just said to my kids, what I just wrote in that post for the world to see that was not good that was reflective of a a broken unredeemed still needing to be healed heart there's something within me that still needs fixing and to bring that to the Lord and say okay I recognize that or you you've revealed that to me through my words not promise to try harder not promise to do better but to bring it to the Lord and say God I need you to heal my heart. I need you to change me from the inside out. I need you to de- deal with the, 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 the deep, dark recesses that still exist in my heart. Redeem them, restore them, and make me more like you so that I reflect you accurately in the words that I say and so that my words are helpful, beneficial, edifying, redeemed. Because helpful talk comes from a healed heart. And here's my challenge for you this week. Uh, I want you to be just aware of the words that you say. And when you go into a situation, we talk about all this. uh, We talk about this on a regular basis. You know, our... Our significance is found in serving others and one of the ways that we serve others is through the words that we say so when we go into a situation when we encounter somebody to be thinking about what are their needs and how can I meet those needs how can I help how can I be helpful in the words that I say. And to help you be thinking about that and to uh, be focused on that this week, there is another reading plan. So I'm going to encourage you to complete the I'm Encouraging Reading Plan. And you'll find this as part of the Stay Positive reading plans on the Bible app or at Bible.com. There's a shortcut. You can use the Bitly shortcut to positive. And that will bring you to the whole set of Stay Positive reading plans. And you're gonna choose the one that says, I am encouraging, I am encouraging, part three of the Stay Positive series. And that will provide a devotional thought each for four days of this week that will kind of focus your thoughts on the encouraging ways that we can use our words. And there'll be scripture reading to go along with that. And so that'll just be a way of you to redirect your thoughts towards being helpful and beneficial and encouraging with your words so that it meets the needs of those who hear your words. So I believe that God wants to use you in the lives of the people around you this week. What would it be like if we accurately reflected God's heart. He's a loving God who is always at work for our future good. And some of the times He will do that through us. He gives us the privilege of being His instrument for the benefit and good of those around us. And sometimes He has words that He wants people to hear, and He's going to use your mouth to speak his words, the needful, helpful, loving, encouraging, edifying words that people need to hear. You can have a tremendous impact on the world around you. God wants to use you, use your mouth to speak his words to the people around you. And what would it be like If all of us, rather than speaking out of the brokenness and hurt and anger and frustration and bitterness that we've allowed to take root in our hearts, instead reflected the life-giving, truth-filled, grace-filled words that God wants us to say in the lives of others. What would it be like if everybody watching If everybody who claimed the name of Jesus spoke like Jesus, Jesus like words in the lives of people around them this week, it would make a huge positive impact on our world. That's what we're aiming for. Will you join me? Will you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Will you open yourself up to his leading and guiding so that in each situation you encounter, you're listening for his words to say to others this week? That's the kind of impact that we can have. That's the kind of impact that I think the Lord wants to have through us to the world around us.